The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live in the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show. you That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Right side of the page there, you'll see the um, yeah the uh, false teachers and antichrists and all that stuff in the White House there with Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> click on the play button, and that will put you in the live feed. Okay, Left side of the page, uh, Bradley's show from yesterday had uh, actor, Ke- actor and director Kevin Sorbo on. I'll talk about that in a minute as to why you're not getting Facebook today. Okay. You're, you're going to really like this one. Really? You're going to like the, if you saw that show yesterday, you're going to go, what, what, what happened? 
Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, okay? Uh, right up under that, where we're streaming live on the right side of the page, is where you can sign up for a newsletter. And by the way, we are streaming on Rumble. Uh, a lot of people in there. Sorry I cut the uh, thing off on you, Beth, over there at YouTube. I'm not supposed to be broadcasting to YouTube, and I have to turn it on, off, on, off, and I forget sometimes. So I apologize for that, but we are on Rumble. We are on uh, over there at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're on uh, BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We're on DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. And we're on Twitch at Setting Brush Fires. And we're also on Roku at Cutting Edge TV if you've got a Roku device. But uh, on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, be sure to sign up for a newsletter. Uh, if you would like to support us, there's a donate button at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com, one-time donations. And then also, if you want to partner with us monthly as a son or a daughter of Liberty, that is also available to you. Our store is uh, open, and this week we are highlighting Bradley's book, Grass Doesn't Work, The Rocks Do, normally a donation of $11, and this week you can get it for 35% off with the promo code ROCKS. Okay, put that in before Saturday at midnight in your order and uh, you'll get 35 percent off of those books. All right. So yesterday I had all kinds of people saying, hey, Tim, um, something was going funky with your on your personal Facebook page. um, And we couldn't, you know, some people could see it, but they couldn't comment. And some people could comment and see. And it was just I. It's like, guys, I don't have any control, but thank you for letting me know. I I understand you want to let me know. I don't have any control over that. I I wouldn't be on any of these social media platforms. If it were up to me and I was doing something else, I just I wouldn't even be on. Them. But I realize it's a place for information. The sad reality is they're they're cutting that down. So let me just show you what went on. So yesterday, now understand. This was an interview Bradley was doing with Kevin Sorbo. He's asking about being a Christian in Hollywood and, you know, directing movies and, you know, all this stuff, right? This is what I got after the show. Your video is blocked and can't be viewed by others, okay? Here's the reason that this one's going to get you. Any of you guys who watched the interview yesterday had nothing to do with terrorism, nothing to do with murdering, nothing to do with mass killing, any of that stuff. It was said to be dangerous. Yep, that's right. This is what I got. I just took these screenshots to send to Bradley. Our standards on dangerous individuals and organizations. We don't allow symbols, praise, or support of dangerous individuals or organizations on Facebook. We define dangerous things or define dangerous as things like terrorist activity, organized hate and violence, mass or serial murder, human trafficking, criminal or harmful activity. Well, wait a minute. You are promoting the very people who are engaged in all of that crap. Facebook, fascist book. You promote all this stuff. What do you think a lot of these people who are engaged in porn, you're you're promoting them? We had Deanna Lynn come on and say, yes, some women, some men are in it and they enjoy it. She said, but the vast majority of people that I knew and myself, uh, she was saying, we're trapped in that. It's a human trafficking. Matter of fact, her book was called in the, you know, she was in the slave trade. And yet Facebook says, if you have an interview with Kevin Sorbo, this is dangerous activity. Just wanted you guys to understand what was going on there. If this isn't Orwell's Ministry of Truth, I don't know what is. I mean, this is just, whew, this is something. It really is something. Uh, in any way, in any case, it, 
It is Mr. Wordsworth. By the way, uh, I'm going to mention some about a conversation I got to have with Mr. Wordsworth yesterday. In fact, two, because we had to break it up because I had another call coming in. But uh, I'm going to make mention of that in just a little bit uh, because it was great. I was very edified and built up and um, very thankful that he reached out to me. Many of you guys I I talked to, and it's that way. Uh, It's encouraging to me to hear from you like that. Uh, I don't really have a lot of time to talk. Uh, but fortunately, I was done with my stuff for the day, and I was glad to do that. Um, yeah, so thank you for that conversation. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Are you enraged yet? This is uh, Bradley's article from yesterday. Double vaccinated 20-year-old Florida model suffers heart attack and has both legs amputated. I mean, this is a young girl. You know, she's in her 20s. I don't know if he had a, I don't think he had an image here. It's on the It's on the article itself, but young lady. Pretty lady. And why? Because she has believed the lie. And it's destroying lives. It's destroying families. Going to talk to you a little bit about that uh, in just a little bit, too. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. It's confirmed. Despite the lies of Big Pharma that they don't have graphene oxide in the shots, the, and the Mockingbird media telling you, oh, it was just conspiracy theory. There's nothing to show for that. It's because they don't have it on the ingredients, dummies. An official UK lab report confirms the COVID shots contain graphene oxide. By the way, if you don't know what that is, you really ought to do a search online for what's in, at least what I know, the Samsung batteries that are in your phones, if you have a Samsung phone. And the guy opens, this repair guy opens it up, and it's just nothing but, you know, folded over with graphene oxide all in that thing. That's what that's what's being used there. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's that. Canada government targets Trump supporters. I'm telling you guys who continue to support Trump, I, you know what? I don't think you're the enemy. I don't look at it that way at all. I've said that over and over. I don't think the Q supporters are necessarily the enemy either. I think they're just misguided and they're deceived. I really do. I think they want the right thing. They're going about it the wrong way. But now you might be the target. And I don't know how they're going to do this. But they're said to be that they ought to be uh, worried about bank accounts being frozen. Some of you guys have been supporting the truckers and stuff. I, how are they going to do that? I don't know. But Check that out. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Two more I'm going to give you. Former FDA commissioners Margaret Hamburg, MD, and Scott Gottlieb, MD, partners in crime with Anthony Fauci, MD? Yes, they are. And they're partners in crime with Big Pharma. All of these guys leave the FDA to go be presidents, advisors, on the boards, whatever, of these big pharma companies. And just like the lady said, the whistleblower, uh, forget her name, McAtee, said Pfizer needs to be burned to the ground. And she was exposing, uh, and there's an article that I, I think I had, yeah, I did an article on that the other day, exposing the covenant, and that's what they call it, which is, it, we could say it's a contract, but a covenant bears more weight because it actually means to pass between two pieces of flesh. That's why I said, you know, the marriage covenant, that's why I pointed back to Abram and the covenant that God made with him, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, but yeah, of course they are. This is brand new from uh, Marianne Perez our friend and contributor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then finally, Lynn and Suzanne have one, Redefining Community Violence. This is a, an expounding of what Lynn and I did the other uh, Wednesday. 
was that this past Wednesday or the Wednesday? I can't, I can't keep up. I, I have so many things going on in my mind. By the way, thank you for praying for me yesterday. Um, I had basically my rights trampled no matter what. Um, and um, so I'm going to have to pursue some other avenues. Uh, boy, if I had money, I could just take care of it. But <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to pursue some other avenues in that. But what I did want to show you is when I went into the courthouse, now, just a couple of months ago, I went in to file some paperwork. No problem. This guy grabs my arm, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he puts his little thermometer, not a thermometer. What do you call those? You know, they, sh they shoot it to your skin, and it's supposed to tell your temperature or whatever. Like, that's going to tell you something. This is what I saw in there. Mask and temperature check. And this is in your, my county, South Carolina. Mask and temperature check mandated to enter courthouse as per South Carolina Supreme Court order, as though they have the authority to do that. So uh, you got to understand the story. I go in. There's this plexiglass thing. Sheriff's deputy's chick is sitting at the desk. Sheriff's deputy guy is standing in front of the you know, beams that check and see if you got you know, metal or whatever. Come in the door. They got the mask stacked up there. You know, take a mask, $1 each. Yeah, like I'm paying a dollar for that crap they make on a floor that doesn't do anything. Okay? Mr. Brown, you got, uh, or what are you here for? I said, I'm up here to see, you know, the master at equity. And um, they said, well, you need to put on a mask. I said, I'm not putting that thing on my face. Well, it's it's a it's a order by the Supreme Court justice. I said, I don't care. He has no authority to be telling anybody any of that stuff. I'm not putting that on. You go tell the master at equity that I'm here. And if they want to put me on Zoom or whatever, I'm not putting that mask on. I stand out in that, inside the courthouse, okay, waiting on the guy to go up there and tell her. Then he comes down and he says, come on out here with me. Now, mind you, listen to me very carefully. These sheriff's deputies didn't have masks on. Let me change that. They had them on around their neck, not over their face. Not over their mug, okay? Then I look behind them, and there's two or three ladies behind them. They're out walking around, don't have a mask on. One lady that I saw had a mask on, just one. So he takes me outside, and he goes, um, I understand your concern. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to wear them either any more than you do. And I said, it's unconstitutional. Well, he has authority to you know, dictate the policies. No, he has the authority of how things are done between judges and all these kinds of things. That's true, but not to dictate whether or not I put something on my face. Here's, here's the real catch. Here's the catch. They weren't wearing them. And when I pointed that out to him, he goes, well, I got mine on here. And I said, well, isn't that hypocritical? And he goes, well, no, it's for people who are doing business in here, to which I responded. Well, wait a minute. Are you getting paid? Because you're doing business in here to make sure that, you know, my rights are trampled on, that you're going to take a knife I might have, a gun or this, whatever. You're engaged in business. You get paid to do what you're doing, to trample on people's rights. And I said, I'm not arguing with you. And he goes, well, you are arguing. I'm just telling you what the truth is. This is the, this is the, and, and, and here's the thing. Okay. Here's the real catch. This applies when you walk into the courthouse, okay? But each judge in the courtrooms can determine whether or not you can take that mask off. You, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. So I'm going to have a call in to my friend Don Brown and just see what's going on here. Uh, when I talk with my other friend uh, after yesterday's uh, 
event, if you will. Uh, he said, boy, I, he said, I had the same thing. And he knows the law really well, like all these statutes and stuff. And he can just sling the, that stuff everywhere. And he got the guys who told him, you got to wear a mask to, you might have to wear a mask. Uh, no, you don't have to wear a mask. You just come on in here because he was just all over him with it. Uh, so, uh, and I'm hoping to bring him on about some of that stuff. He doesn't really want to talk about it, you know, and make it a big thing. Uh, he wants to lay low under the radar, but that's, that's what was going on yesterday. Uh, and then my rights trampled on. I, I was not al allowed to ask questions. Uh, I was not, um, it, it, again, to be in the courtroom gives you some sense of what's happening in the courtroom. And when you have to do it by zoom in your car, it's kind of, yeah, it's anyway. Um, yeah, we're going to have to deal with that later on. I want to give you a couple of good things. And then I want to get on today. Today's message is the church, the American church is at apostate. And, um, We'll talk about that in just a minute. I, I've got some fantastic videos. This is Allegiant Airlines, okay? And um, this guy put on one of these stupid-looking masks that, you know, Kate has told us that they didn't even know existed. You know, these are these ones. I showed you the video of the little sweatshops around the world. They're making them on the floor and everything. These little blue masks that don't prevent anything. And their manufacturer used to tell you that they didn't um, prevent coronavirus so check this out this guy has the let's go brandon written on his mask and allegiant airlines this useful idiot blonde is telling him he's got to depart the plane because of that and it, it's just incredible so she is addressing him telling him it's an FCC requirement to put a different mask on. And she's got a little mask for him because she doesn't want him exercising any free speech. Now, I think the Let's Go Brandon thing is just stupid. You know what I think about that, okay? I do. So he won't change the mask. So she's exercising her lack of authority and usurping it, acting criminally to kick him off a flight he's paid for because of words that are written on his mask. This is what's going on. This is Allegiant Airlines. I've never heard of them. But if you've ever heard of them, I would no longer give them your, bu your business. In fact, I would write them and show them this video and um, uh, tell them that you're never going to fly with them. Okay. Uh, anyway, you get the point. They eventually throw the guy off. I'll have this in the archive if you want to share that or, or see it or any of the other. Some other good news um, is out of California. This is Oak Ridge High School, and the young people are getting it. They're getting a little something here, and uh, they stays to walk out over the mask mandates. Check this out. Uh-huh. This is the young people. I don't know why they didn't do it like two years ago, but, and you guys have probably seen the little kids, right? They were told the mass mandates ended. I wish I had that video. Uh, they were told the mass mandates ended and all the kids jumped up and they were jumping around and shouting and cheering and everything else. And so I'm just sharing a couple of little things before we get into our topic. Okay. But these are some stuff that's going on. Also, we had, um, and I'm not going to play this one because I, I want to get to our topic here, but. I'll have this in the archive. Trudeau's finance minister, you know, the tweaker, the, the the chick who looked like she had been doing drugs and she's, I don't know, 
Like she's itching all over. She's got ticks running over. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We're spying on every financial move. Yeah, of course you are. You're tyrants. You're little punks is what you are. Also, straight from the horse's mouth, Trudeau expresses admiration for China. Check Even this one out. Sun TV watching for any slip. He was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Because um, I'm a communist. Because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, but I find quite interesting. You know, I, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen when the people lose their patience with this guy. He's not going to be laughing then, is he? Ain't going to be laughing then. And then this, this has got to be the video of the day, okay? The video of the day as far as I'm concerned. If you need to call a tow company in Canada, you need to call and give your business, and I'll try to find out what the name of this is. I thought it said like Mike's or something on the side of it. These guys back up, and you think you're going to see him towing this tractor, but he parks and he joins in solidarity with the people who are there. This, this is oh just my gosh. incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And for the people watching, He's it's one of these his... really big ones. It's like uh, it's mm -hmm. got like four axles. Ooh, no, five. Brakes. This is one of the big, yeah. it, you know, it's going to tow like a... If you need a tow... That's the company to call. I can't even make it out. That man stands up for Canada. That is what we need. Herbs. Strong, baby. <laughs> there it is. Herbs. All right. So Herbs is who you want to call if you're in Canada and you need a tow. And uh, Herbs got out there and just backed that big, that big rig. It looks like it's something that pulls an 18-wheeler. Backed that puppy up, parked it there, and joined in solidarity. Way to go, Herbs. Good for you. Good for you. You got some free advertising here. Okay. All right. So let me let me start out with this. Um, last night, uh, I got to talk with Mr. Wordsworth, who is on DLive. And uh, we had just a great conversation. We have, you know, some differences in eschatology, but it's not like I wasn't familiar with what he was talking about. And I agreed with everything he said. I said, this is it. We talked about Roman Catholicism, that it is an antichrist. And, and of course, you know, the confessions... I've said this before, uh, the Westminster Confession, uh, Confession, as well as the 1689 London Baptist Confession, all testify. If you don't believe me, go back and look at it. They all testify that the papacy is the seat of Antichrist. They're, it is the man of sin, if you will, out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I have no problem seeing that it is Antichrist. There's no question about that. And our Reformed fathers, uh, forefathers, they believe that too. Now understand something. I believe there are people within that Roman Catholic system who are actual believers. And you say, oh, they couldn't be that. Wait a minute. Our Reformed forefathers were Roman Catholics. They were trying to reform the church, the Roman church. That's why they were called reformers, right? That's why they were called reformers. And when they couldn't do that, those who came out, they were called separatists. Because they realized, ain't no reforming of this. 
as the scriptures say, come out of her and don't partake of her in her sins, right? So with that said, we had a lengthy conversation. It was great. It was very, very edifying. And uh, I told him, I was joking with him. I, I said, you know, with some of the stuff going on today, you can almost convince me to become a dispensationalist. And he kind of chuckled at that. I think he kind of agreed with the little sentiment there. But at the same time, at the same time, understand that we were talking and you know, we, we had some back and forth. And one of the things he said he appreciated was that we had the real gospel. And that's the important part. I can disagree with you on some eschatological points. I can disagree with you on you know, whether you think tongues are for the day or somebody has the power of healing in and of themselves or any of the, I can, you know, we can have disagreements, but we can't have disagreements over who the Christ is and what the gospel is. We can't, that we cannot have fellowship over. That I cannot extend a hand to somebody and call them brother. And so I was glad to have that conversation. That leads up to because one of the things he was talking about was even in our own history here in America, uh, the apostasy that that you know had occurred and the the underlying movement of Jesuits. Which, by the way, Mister Wordsworth, I meant to make mention of, to you of this. The uh, last days madness guy we had over there at I forget what he's called, last days prophecies, something, I, whatever he was that was that was kind of trolling us before. This guy actually called me a Jesuit adjudicator. I don't even know what that is. I never heard the term before. That was me. Um, and I'm like, are you kidding me? What in the world are you talking about? That would be more, uh, Jesuit would be more along the lines of the stuff he's teaching. In any case, um, it leads me to Pastor Chuck Baldwin's um, article that we carried yesterday on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And I kind of want to use that as a springboard today for what I'm going to talk about because, I, you know, there are people during the week when their articles come out, I'm always excited to see what they're going to write about. Chuck is one of those guys. I, just because he'll say stuff that a lot of people aren't going to say. And um, so here's what he had to say. And this is from his article where he questions, it's official, or he doesn't question, he says it's official that American church is apostate. That means they've fallen away. That's what an apostasy is, a falling away. All right? I've known for many years that the church in America has fallen to the lowest spiritual state of its entire existence. I've tried to warn Christians in both this column and my public speaking to the dismal state of today's churches. Faithful readers are very much aware of those warnings. But now... Studied research confirms all that I have warned about over the past several decades, and it's actually worse than I thought. The American church is not just derelict, it is apostate. Yeah, because it doesn't have the real gospel. And it doesn't teach the whole counsel of God. That's why. And it's scared of doing that. It's scared of moving out of the thing of Jesus loves you and has a great plan for your life. Um, and uh, if you just kind of tack Jesus on somewhere, um, you know, you don't go to hell. Right. Researcher George Barna and the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University have released Barna's latest survey, and the findings are horrific. According to Barna's research, today, 176 million Americans claim to be Christians. 69 percent of the population. I think he's got some of the numbers off here when he goes down and he talks about 258 million. I don't know what 
if there's 258 million, then where did the other, I don't know, 80 or 90 million go? Have they all died from the shot or am I missing something here? Maybe I am. Yet only 6% of the U.S. adults, which is 9% of those identifying as Christians, possess a biblical worldview, believing the Bible to be accurate and reliable, among other, other convictions. Barna said in an interview, two out of three Americans think of themselves as a Christian, and the majority still think that Christianity is kind of about the Bible. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. But there's a big gap between what self-identified Christians believe the Bible may teach and what the Bible teaches. That's absolutely true. I've heard it time and time and time and time again. The CRC study, which included 2,000 adults, classifies American believers on a spectrum of five subgroups from those who only, excuse me, who only self-identify as Christians to those who are termed, quote-unquote, integrated disciples and possess a biblical worldview. On the surface, they may all appear Christian, and this is what I tell people all the time. If you want to find, if somebody tells you they're a Christian and you're talking to them and you kind of question that, start asking them about the gospel. Who is the Christ? What has he done? Is he the only way of salvation? You know, did he forgive you of your sins? Have you repented of your sins? Or is your life trajectory different than it was before? You know, what is the what is the difference there? If you've got somebody deviating from what the true gospel gives, and we're going to get to that in a minute, then you've got somebody who has distorted what it is to be a Christian. They're deceived, and they're probably still in their sin. More than likely, they are in their sin. That's possible some people get deceived at times. I'm not saying that. But more than likely, if you don't get the gospel right, more than likely you're in your you're still in your sin. Large majorities of self-identified Christians also report many beliefs, quote, not in harmony with biblical teaching, according to the survey. These include 72% argue that people are basically good. I hear a lot of conservatives, a lot of Christians say such nonsense. There is none good but one, Jesus said. That is God, right? Well, see, Jesus is saying there's God and he's not God. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying at all. I've told you before, Jesus is God, but God is not just Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? These three are one God, the same in essence, equal in power and glory. 66% say that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. You can pursue it through Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Islam, Roman Catholicism. uh, Pick your poison. And and when I say pick your poison, literally pick your poison. Because it's not going to save you. Because they don't have a Savior. We have a Savior. That is Christ the Lord. 58% believe that if a person is good enough or does enough good things, they can earn their way into heaven. Let me ask you something. How does that work in court? Let's say you've lived 50 years, and then you go out and rob a bank and murder somebody in the process. What's the judge going to say when you say, hey, look, for 50 years I've obeyed the law, I haven't done anything, now I've done this one thing. Surely my good works outweigh my bad works, right? What's the judge going to do? He's going to go like, What planet are you on, dude? Are you outside of your mind? No, they don't outweigh what you just did. You took somebody's life. You you robbed a bank. I mean, are you getting brownie points because of what you did before? No, that's what you were supposed to be doing before. Now you've done something you're not supposed to. 
But this is the mindset of some people. There's no question about it. 57% believe in karma. I'm going to tell you something, Christians. You guys out there who keep using that phrase, karma is a witch, right? You need to stop doing that. You need to repent of the language that you use. I told you about repenting of language that I have to do. You need to repent of using that. Karma is not part of the biblical experience. It's not part of the biblical text. It isn't even a concept there. Barna said, there is a remarkable level of self-deception even among born-again Christians. It represents a huge educational challenge for those responsible for biblical worldview development. That's your preachers, your elders. Okay, Too often, people who want a certain reputation or image embrace the label, quote-unquote, Christian. Regardless of their spiritual life and intentions... Christian, uh, Christian has become somewhat of a generic term rather than a name that reflects a deep commitment to the passionately pursuing and being like Jesus Christ, says Barna. Resonant with his decades of research, George Barna's latest survey seeks to arouse urgency among evangelical parents and pastors regarding the necessity of teaching sound doctrine to the next generation. That's exactly right. What do we talk about constantly on here? Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6. Tim, you sound like a broken record. It's because some people aren't getting it. You're going to keep hearing the same message till you get it. We're to teach our children. Be diligent about teaching them. And it doesn't just mean the formal teaching or the reading of Scripture. You have that. But when you're giving them advice, when you're directing them in what they're doing, you're to be pointing back to the Word of God. And we aren't seeing that. I mean, my goodness... I, some people will send me sermons online and I, I just get sick and tired of people sending me junk where you got the cool laid back pastor, the paid hireling is what he is. You bring a little persecution to that guy and and you watch how fast he runs. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And they send me that stuff and he's like, oh, you know, we have to. Just love one another. It's, it's this hippie kind of thing, you know? Um, then you get guys that get on there, and they try to be, look, I understand provocative. I, I try to make titles as provocative as possible, but true. But true. And so you get these guys who will be try to be provocative for provocative sake. Some of them will talk about, you, and you, I don't even need to name the guy, but you can see he'll talk about the Song of Solomon in such pornographic terms. I, it would make Hugh Hefner blush. But this is some of the stuff that goes on in the American church. And then don't get me started on the women who act like they're supposed to be elders in the church. Paula White, you know, I was showing you the picture of Donald Trump and the Jeffress and all those knuckleheads that were around him praying and stuff. That's That ought to be a demonstration right there of where the American church is. And you say, you're picking on Trump again. Nope. Actually, I'm picking on all the guys that are around him. Because I'll guarantee you not one of them brought the real gospel to him and called him to repent of his sin. They just treated him like he was a Christian because he said he was. Because he held up a Bible in front of a church. Well, let me show you something. Old Donnie and Melania also went to see the Antichrist. 
Check this out. So here they are in front of the statue of Pope John Paul II. And, um, you know, I told you Rome is Antichrist. I mean, it is. There's no question about that. And so here's Donnie, and here's Melania. Oh, we're going to go and pay homage to the fish god. That, that's what that hat is about anyway. You ever heard of Dagon? That's what that's tied to. By the way, um, when you read that in the Old Testament, that the Philistines came in and they, uh, they beat Israel back, and they came in, and I don't know why this thing isn't going away. Okay, there it is. They beat Israel back, and they took the Ark of the Covenant. We read about it the other morning. Do you remember that? We read about Eli. He didn't control his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And then they had the battle, and then the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, and his sons were slaughtered. And then it, you know he hears about his sons dying, and then he falls off on, and breaks his neck, and he dies too when he heard that the Ark of the Covenant was taken. And they took the Ark of the Covenant later, and they put it in uh, into the temple of their god Dagon, was the fish god. And uh, the next day they get up, and uh, Dagon's arms are broken. And then and the, they you know, fix the thing, and then they they come back then or and they come back the next day. And he's fallen over. And they go, day gone. That was a dad joke. Doggone, right? You got it. Okay, anyway. It was showing the power of God over their gods, just like God did over the people of Egypt. And this is what this guy's representing. Vicar of Christ. Think about that. In the place of Christ. Antidist doesn't mean opposed to, but in the place of. And so this is a, you got to understand something. All of our Mr. Wordsworth and I were talking about this last night. All of our presidents go to Vatican City and pay their homage to the Pope. Why? They're a city state. They're not just a city. They have their own army. All of this stuff. And this is where we're getting into, you know, the beast mode of Revelation 13 again what our what our forefathers said uh, with some of those things. So you've got all that stuff. Now, here's the thing. Everybody, oh, we're in the last days. We're in the last. Okay, all right. We've been in the last days, as it were, since the time of Christ. In fact, when you go in the Old Testament, that's what you're seeing, that Messiah comes in the last days. Okay. He comes in the last days. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by who? By the prophets. But he hath in these last days spoken unto us by who? His son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So get this. Jesus has fulfilled several roles. Prophet priest, and king. And what he's referencing here is his work as priest. When you go through the tabernacle, when you go through the, the temple, 
And you see all the utensils that's made. You see the lampstand. You see the altar of incense. You see the Holy of Holies. You see all this stuff. Guess what there isn't in there? There ain't a place to sit. Why? Because the priest's work is never done. They're doing it constantly. This is why they have to be set aside for that work and why the people were basically to set aside things and they got uh, some a, a portion of the sacrifice. God set a por- aside a portion of the sacrifice for the work they were doing because it was so tedious. And can you look? We often think of this, we were talking about this last night too. Sort of, we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, right? But we, when we talk about it, it's almost like it's sterilized. Can you imagine the stench in the temple from all of the sacrifice of animals? You ever thought about that? The stench that's there, all these dead animals? And yet we're told that when Jesus accomplished his work, what did he do? He sat down on on the right hand of the majesty on high. His work was done. It was finished. Just like what I said the other day to tell us that it was finished. It's paid for. It's done. I've taken care of it. Here's the bill. I mean, here's the, uh, the here's the receipt for the bill. We're also told some other things happen in latter times. First Timothy chapter four. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. That's apostasy. That's what it is. They they were in there. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, in fact, let me let me just back up here just a second. Um, let's go over here to Hebrews chapter six. And here's what the writer says. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God or the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Now, what he's setting up here is he's saying, look, he's writing to Hebrews, Hebrew believers. And he's saying, guys, it's almost like in some of this, he's writing to the Corinthians. He might as well be because they're still on the milk. And he's like, okay, look, Christ is the chief cornerstone, right? No man can build any can build anything else except for the foundation that Christ has laid. And then the building goes up around that, right? And that's you and me. There's no question about that. But I'm talking about even in their lot, even in their individual lives, there has to be something built up there. So he says, you should already understand the doctrine of Christ. You should already understand um, repentance from dead works. You should understand faith towards God. You should understand baptism. You should understand laying on of hands. You should understand the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. You should understand this, guys. Why? Because there's a kingdom to build. And while you may start with those elementary principles, if you will, you've got to move on from that to show why the kingdom affects every area of life. This has been the downfall of the American church. She used to understand that. She used to be involved in politics. She used to be in government. She used to be involved in the civil sphere. And she's abandoned her post. And now, government, the state, the beast, is doing the work the church should be doing. That that is practical apostasy. And the writer goes on and he says this, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened 
and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away again, there's apostasy, to renew them again unto repentance. Seeing they crucified in themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now, when I went to junior high school, it was a free will Baptist high school. Very, I should I use the word here? Uh, very, um, gosh, it just slipped my mind now. But it, it's basically saying, if you don't do this, this right here, then then you're not a Christian. I mean, these people, it was just the weirdest thing. If you, in their church, and they required us to go to two of their services a year or something like that. In their church, they would let men who sang in the choir wear a mustache, but they couldn't wear a beard. Now, I don't, I don't know where that comes from because... Jesus had a beard. That was pretty clear. He had a beard. They were pulling it out, right? <laughs> so you could wear a mustache, but you couldn't wear a beard. You couldn't have your hair touching your ears or the back of your neck, and they would pull 1 Corinthians 11 completely out of the context. They would come around and grab our hair and try to touch your ear with it. And this was the first time I had ever heard passages like this, and they would teach you can lose your salvation. You can lose what Christ purchased for you. And they would say this, and they would point to Peter too. And I was always like, I'm, I had enough sense to understand, okay, wait a minute. So if you can lose the thing that you say you had, did you really have it? Because Jesus says, all that the Father gives me, will come to me, and I will in no wise cast him out, and I'll continue it. The one who started the faith, it wasn't you, it's Christ. He's the author. He will finish it. Read the golden chain of redemption in the book of Romans. Those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he glorified, right? I mean, sanctified and he glorified, right? All of that, it is the work of God. So if you're a Christian, don't give me this nonsense. Well, if you're a Christian, you won't be talking like this. But if you're a person who believes you lose salvation once you have been saved, you've truly been saved, you're at odds with what, I mean, you're at odds with God. You don't believe Jesus is the Savior. You believe you are the Savior. And this is what Rome does. I'm just tying this in with my conversation last night. This is what Rome does. It believes you are the Savior, not Jesus. Jesus is just sort of the icon to be used. You commit a mortal sin. Oh, you can go to hell. You can go to purgatory. And it could be hundreds of thousands of years you'd be there. But wait a minute. If grandpa wants to donate to the church here a little bit, you know, if he wants to give, you know, say, $100,000, well, maybe we can knock some of that time off. Or wait, if you're wearing the brown scapular of Mary, she'll get you out on the Saturday after your death. Or you can go see some relic. You can go see some relics and you can pay some indulgences and help them out. Does God sound like the kind of holy, just God that can be bought off with money or your works? Is that who he is to you? If he is, you got the wrong God. There's no salvation in that God. None. There's no hope in that. So what does Paul tell Timothy? Let's get back to that. First Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, that's the apostasy, giving, heeding, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What are doctrines of devils? Ha, yes, I have long hair and a beard. 
It ain't because of PTSD though. It's because I don't like cutting hair and shaving and all that. I just, I'm just telling you, I don't. They're doing these things. What are the doctrines of devils? They're anything that takes away from the person and work of Christ. Anything. And puts your hope in your works and your good deeds and yourself. If you've got something where you're believing in your, you know, this is the message that comes out of, uh, you know, some of these Disney, believe in yourself, you know, trust your, follow your heart. Well, what does the Bible say about that? It says, your heart's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? God knows it. There was this old preacher one time, I think he was down in Louisiana, and he says, he was attacking this thing of, uh, just give Jesus your heart. He goes, Jesus don't want your old dirty heart. He's going to take it and throw it in the trash. He's going to give you a new one. He's going to take out the old dirty heart. He's going to give you a new one, one that works. Amen. That's exactly what he does. Paul says this too, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They're not even bothered by the lies that they tell. And this one, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, who does that? This was something we agreed on uh, very much in our discussion of Rome. Rome does this. Rome forbids its priests from marrying. They take a vow of celibacy. They do that with the nuns. Is that what Scripture teaches us to do? No. I've read to you from Paul's epistle in Titus. I've read to you from what Paul has in Timothy, where he says we're to take care of widows, right, if they're of a certain age. But if they're younger, he says they need to get married, have children, rule their homes, love their husbands. What's... Who's supposed to be the these leaders in the church? Are they not supposed to be those who are married? Yep, that's the qualifications for an elder. That's qualifications for a deacon. If you're a single pastor out there and you're trying to justify that, sorry, it doesn't fly. That doesn't fit with the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3. It doesn't fit with the qualifications of Titus 1. You have to have demonstrated your leadership in your own home, with your wife, with your children. That's what you have had to have done. It has to be seen. It has to be evident. Let's go on a little further. Why is this important? Why, why is what I'm showing you important in light of false teachings that have caused the, the church to apostate? 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, or that's the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. That means you be, be ready to preach the word when it's convenient, when it's not convenient, when people want to hear it, when they don't want to hear it, whatever. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. There's, there's all kinds of means of what preaching the word does. With all long suffering, it means you got to be patient with people. And doctrine. That, that long suffering is a little tough for some. Because we see that people are the problem. We're the problem. God's not the problem. The gospel's not the problem. The people are the problem. And then he says this, 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And then Paul, you know, given his swan song, so to speak, that he's fixing to leave the scene. And these are his, his parting words to Timothy, his son in the faith. Stick to the word. Stick to the word, right? That's what he says. And he says what happens if you don't do that. He says this to the Galatians, who had begun to depart from what they were told. I marvel, this is Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that you are soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, excuse me, Mormonism, uh, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Let him be a cur- let him be damned, anathema, if they preach another gospel. And I'll close with this. Uh, we, we mentioned this the other day as well from Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? This one's interesting. Have we not preached in your name? Didn't we didn't we talk about the Bible? Didn't we bring these? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I, he's the judge. Remember, Jesus is the judge. He's God. That's what to be God is. is he's the judge. I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Listen, listen, depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. You who are engaged in sin. Has the church become apostate? Yep, sure has. I remember years ago, I used to say the Southern Baptist Convention is full of a bunch of unregenerate people because they don't have the real gospel. Not that some don't preach it there. I'm just saying as a as a general thing, they're about numbers. They're not about building the kingdom. They're not about discipling. They they use the term discipling a lot. They have all kinds of discipling programs, but they don't disciple. So here's the message for you. Are you believing anything other than the real God, that there is a perfect son of God who came and he loved men so much that he gave himself as a sacrifice for their lawlessness that he might redeem them back to God if they have their faith in him? Do you want mercy from God for your violating of his law? You can have it, but you got to have it his terms, and that means repentance. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. See you in the morning. Adios.